All right, let's get busy. It's a busy afternoon. Joining me in the studio, our panel, Mike Van Solen, Principal at Navigator. Good afternoon to you, Mike. Good afternoon, John. And if I might say, it is a fantastic day for talk radio. After all this while, you finally picked up on that. (laughs) A Pavlovian response to the bell. Kim Wright is a VP at Hill & Knowlton and an ardent new Democrat. How's Kim? Fantastic, and it looks like the sun has come out, so great day all around. Well, you know, it's funny because sometimes we don't even think it will. Like uh, after Wednesday morning, it might just be a case of uh, the sun (laughs) will never rise again. We'll talk about that shortly. Adrian Batcher rounds out the panel, the editor-in-chief of the Toronto Sun, who has joined us on the line. She was caught up at the airport, as I understand it. Adrian, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, John, and since uh, Mike already said it's a great day for talk radio, it's an excellent day for talk radio. Appreciate it. Now... We know first thing Wednesday, we've got the legalization of marijuana. Can't avoid talking about it. But I've got to ask, because Global News had this poll commissioned, uh, and Ipsos found 21% of Canadians say they currently use cannabis. 43% of users say they consume it daily. Another 29% say they partake once a week. So I'm saying, is anything really going to change here? (laughs) Let me throw it around the horn. Are you anticipating... Any seismic shift after Wednesday, Mike Van Solen? Uh, no, I'm not. And I think that's a, a bit of the funny thing is that we're having all these discussions about like stone driving and, and what's going to happen with these retail stores and, and the whole bit. But so many people who want to smoke pot, I think, are smoking pot. And we're all pretending like this will all start on October 17th. But of course, it's it's around. People are using it. You can't walk down the sidewalk and smell a puff here and there. So, uh, I mean, it's already here in Ontario. So I don't know if this is quite Y2K where we just all wake up the next morning and go, oh, well, I guess that was no big deal. But uh, I think I think we're probably building it up more than it actually is. How about you, Kim? You know, we've been uh, preparing from the regulatory standpoint at H&K for quite some time with our various cannabis clients. But, but to Mike's point, I've known people for years that have been partaking. What will this, what will change will be there's actually a public acknowledgement of what people are doing and how they're doing it. And honestly, for people who want to participate, having an option that isn't just their friendly neighborhood uh, dealer, but rather uh, an entire new process that will allow for people to actually have regulated uh, cannabis that comes from a reputable source. But Adrian, aren't you having a pot party on the weekend? Well, don't I every weekend, John? I mean, come on, that's the way I, that's uh, the way I roll. No, it's, it's been a long time for me since college. Um, and I, uh, I will apologize to your listeners right now if they hear something in the background. This is probably the first time I've ever done a radio interview on the Up Express. So yay technology, if they hear some voices in the background, um, that's not just someone you know, smoking cotton talking to themselves. I think that uh, there are some people in all of our lives who probably should perhaps start using come Wednesday, and maybe that might help augment some of their personality. But I think that, I, look, I'm not going to use the word hysteria, but there are some very real challenges that the country is going to be facing, municipalities are going to be facing, and law enforcement agencies are going to have to contend with. And I don't think that they're quite prepared for it from that perspective. We've just heard in the last few weeks, you no know, more and more employers are talking about what is what are their obligations, what are their um, uh, outlets if you know employees start showing up to to the office um, under the influence or as they're suspected to be. I mean, you just of course you sensibly treat it the same as alcohol, but um, this is this is sort of where these these challenges are going to lie. I think we're going to see a lot more if going through the courts. There there will be issues there, but I think Mike and Kim have have you know articulated very well. The world isn't going to end. The world is going to change a little bit come Wednesday, but it's going to not be this cataclysmic um, thing that, you know, you hear of some people, the sky is going to fall. 
uh, if that poll that you, you just reiterated to us is accurate, then there's a sure as heck of a lot of people who are far more ready in their individual life than the government is for what's about to come. Right. And so, you know, and we talked about this last week when the chief of police determined that 28 days would be the appropriate window before an officer would be fit for duty if they had smoked marijuana. And uh, that got a lot of heat because it seems like an arbitrary number and effectively says, uh, don't do it at all because 28 days out. And, And then how do you test? So the idea of just being fit for duty... Vancouver Police Department has implemented that. Uh, when you said, uh, Adrian, just a moment ago, just showing up for work, you wouldn't show up drunk, so you wouldn't show up stoned either, I'm guessing. Is that a pretty good honor system and a litmus test? Just just be fit for duty. Don't be a knob. Show up and be ready to work or do whatever. I, no, I, think, yeah. I think that's a reasonable thing. Mike? Yeah, I I think that's where we need to get to. I mean, as far as driving, you know, I see one of these studies that was out today about, you know, how long it's in your system. Well, here's just a good uh, a good rule. You know, don't drive stoned. If, if you think you're stoned in any way, don't do it. If you're drunk, don't do it. Um, I, we just need people to exercise a certain amount of caution around this uh, right from the get-go. And, they, and common sense, I, I think, can be our guide. And I, you know, as much as we talk about the challenges in the workplace, and there will be challenges and, and, and policies that need to be put in place, but if you're going to, you know, you shouldn't go showed up uh, impaired in any way to work, even if that means like completely, you know, I, I always have used the example of, of driving and we just need to think about it as impairment, like in, in general, if you, I've driven a car where I'm just way too tired and, and that could be mm-hmm. uh, an impediment to operating a vehicle safely. So, uh, look, I think uh, people should exercise common sense. And, uh, I think, uh, in most cases, Folks know when they're stoned or not stoned, and when you're stoned, you shouldn't be behind a wheel. I think the big concern, uh, or one of them anyway, has to do with travel and traveling to the states specifically. There is uh, obviously a series of questions that people are still unclear about, although last week on Tuesday, the U.S. government pretty much cleared anybody working in the cannabis industry to travel there, and it wouldn't show up on their record. But something just popped up on today's program. You know, if you order online, and you're in the system, would that be something that could be flagged by Homeland Security stateside? And, uh, you know, on the drop-down sheet or their computer, uh, they would see that and correlate the name and say, sorry, you got to stay out of the country. Would that be a legitimate concern at this point, Kim? So it absolutely is. And this is something that some of the mayors, like in Windsor and in other border communities, have raised, especially when you have a number of people who travel across the border for work who happen to live in Windsor or Essex County, but travel over to Detroit uh, to go work. How does that unfold in Niagara region? A lot of people travel in and across the border. So those will be part of the conversation that needs to be sorted out over the coming days and weeks and months uh, as we move from an abstract conversation about what does legalization work look like, but the practicality of people coming across for a day trip and a, from Niagara down Buffalo uh, to Niagara Falls. How does that all unfold? Uh, coming for a Leaf game or what have you? Uh, and how does and and how do you also then just figure out? Just your general day-to-day routine and your general day-to-day life. And and to Mike's point and everyone else's point, common sense should be a guide, but common sense should also mean I don't see people texting and driving. We see these things all the time. And especially when you start layering on all of these component pieces, and as we saw in the articles today, uh, when people start layering on, it becomes even more problematic. And I hope that people start to take a deep breath and go, how should I govern myself now that this is a true regulatory 
uh, framework that's out there and that we can have an honest dialogue about people's uh, use and, uh, and how it fits within their daily life. Well, all right, but I was asking specifically about the unintended tripwire, Adrian Batra. If you're in the system because you order online, which is how it's going to have to happen up until April 1 when the dispensaries are up and running, uh, according to the model anyway, are you concerned or would you be concerned as a consumer that you might be in a system that Homeland Security could flag? Well, I would think so. And I think that's a very real possibility that some people will get caught up in that. Um, I recently traveled just domestically uh, from in, within Canada, but there are already signs all over the um, airports. Uh, you cannot take any of the substance across the border. I mean, those warnings are there. Not don't know if people are paying attention to it. But I think the, the sort of loophole you're bringing up is an important one. Um, because it brings up a whole host of issues. It brings up privacy issues. It brings up legal issues. Um, and so and, and we're talking potentially thousands upon thousands of, of Canadians that this could affect all across the country. So if this is not something, one of those wrinkles that is ironed in earnest, um, when, I, when I mentioned earlier, John, that we're going to have a, a gummed up court system, this is going to be part of that. Uh, someone using it recreationally, ordering in right now, you know, get a weed pen or whatever the kids are using, whatever people are using these days. Um, you don't expect that your name is somehow going to be flagged by any law enforcement agency. That's not how it's been, frankly, for the last uh, couple of years. Yeah, but this so, is a different thing. This is a different, this uh, is different. wrinkle different to the system now. Where... It will take one person to get caught. Well, uh, we'll see how that does play out. Enough said about that. I wanted to uh, pivot to uh, a situation in the Middle East that has a lot of people racking their consciences over the best way to handle that. And we'll come back with our panel and discuss that matter and more. Topics worthy of discussion. Kim Wright, Adrian Batra, Mike Van Solen on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Our priorities, which are protecting youth, keeping our roads and communities safe, and um, diverting people from the illegal market. So we've been working across ministries, finance, mine, Ministry of the Attorney General, health, education, transportation, uh, community safety, and children. If you're the... Uh Attorney General of Ontario, so the head law enforcement official in the province, and you say only the private sector can get rid of uh, illegal cannabis and get rid of you know uh, drug dealers. Uh, that that's not a whole big vote of confidence in in people like judges, uh, crown attorneys, police officers. 